Welcome to Rooted Within with Lily and Dan, a podcast that shines a spotlight on positive change makers, sharing their stories of legacy, inspiration, and impact. Each episode, Lily and Dan will speak to individuals who have made their dreams a reality, exploring their journeys, mindset shifts, and what motivated them. Join us as we explore the lives of those who are making a difference and let their stories inspire you to achieve your own goals. I can read people yeah. quite well. Okay. And I can see the dynamics, of course, because I'm really part of such mm. an intimate part of their life as well. I never really knew what I wanted to mm. do or what I wanted to be when I grew up, even though I did like the things that I like now, like I did enjoy, you know, decorating and uh, interior design and mm. flowers, but I didn't link them to kind of a but career. But it was there. But yeah. it was there. You know, it's like, you're so scared. Everything is scaring you. Mm. Why is he crying? You know, is he breathing? You know, like I would I would like check to see if he's breathing when mm. he's sleeping. Every noise. I mean, you know, they tell you sleep like a baby. Babies are the worst sleepers. Just two days ago, my eldest was here for summer and um, he said to me, Mom, you know, you work so hard. I want to have your work ethic. I want to work as hard. Rooted Within with Lily and Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi, Lily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, actually. It's been a very productive week. It's been a very productive week. It's been and a crazy week. And it's been crazy. And I know our podcasts go out at different timings, but for us, it's post-Middle East adventure, Yeah, which it? was slammed, which mm-hmm. is very, very eventful. But I think we did pretty well. Really we good feedback. It was yeah. good fun. It's Met nice. lots of people. We did indeed. Speaking of people. Yeah, today we have <laughs> Zainab Al-Saleh who is joining us in our studio. Welcome, Zainab. Hi. Thanks, Dan and Lily. It's oh. so nice to be here with you. It's, it's incredible to have you here. And also, as long as we talk about events industry, you know, you are part of that events industry as well, yes, which we'll I get am. to get to <laughs> but, in a second. But, but, I know but, we, but we're but not jumping happy, forward. No, 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 but we can because she's, she, it's it's a happy part of the event world. Weddings. It's a different kind of event. Well, yeah. it's a whole different, you know, ball game. Which I'd like to get to know <laughs> a little bit more, especially this region. Weddings are huge. I've got some questions about that. How do you stay sane is my first question. Um, well, you you have to love what you do, right? I mean, we, you know that what we being do part well, of the events but, industry. But you have to have special skills to do weddings in particular, I think. What like are diplomacy. those skills? <laughs> Politics and diplomacy. Say, what are those skills? Yes, yes. Politics. I, I just think yeah, of the, the mother of the bride or having, the mother of the having, groom. You know, that kind of, uh, I guess, you know, more calm demeanor. Um, you you also have to be, have a lot of compassion yeah. um, and be patient. Because for most people, this is literally the most important day of their it lives. Is. And it's very personal, yeah. which is quite different to when you're planning. It doesn't really you know? get more personal than that. Exactly. And yeah. also as well, you just think of the nuances of like politics, families, you know, sometimes often quite dysfunctional yes. <laughs> organizations. <laughs> have, you, have you had any moments? where it's like, that's it. I'm not. Call it off. And have you had <laughs> to be or, the middle? Or, oh, with the, with, the, uh, clients. with the clients. Yeah. Well, I wasn't part of any of that. Mm. I mean, we have had last minute kind of breakups. Oh, um, wow. But I've been doing this for 15 years. It's happened twice. So oh, that's not that, too bad. That's that's a fairly good success, so before, right? before even arrived, like, Coming down the aisle? No, not not that catastrophic. Not, okay. No, it's like, you know, in the weeks leading up. So not as bad as like right before you're walking down the aisle. And what was the reasons why they didn't um, continue honest, in a relationship? It's, it's very interesting because, you know, I've been doing this long enough and I think I have, uh, you know, I can read people yeah. quite well. Okay. And I 
can see the dynamics, of course, because I'm really part of such mm. an intimate part of their life as well. And I'm, yeah. I, I am, I'm privy to a lot because of, you know, how close I get to the couple and, you know, the, the, the bride and the, and I start to see signs where I'm like, okay, this is not really going in the right direction. And sometimes I can tell when they're not a right fit. Got you. Yes. I sometimes And you have to stand by and watch them walk down the aisle sometimes. Sometimes. But you know Mm. what? I think weddings bring out a very particular side of people. The best and worst, probably. Exactly. (laughs) In the nicest possible way. And, you know, because there's so much pressure Mm. and there's so much at stake and, you know, kind of, you know, everybody wants uh, everyone to be happy. Mm. And, you know, you can start to see how, you know, people interact and what the dynamics are. And sometimes... You, you you wonder, you yeah. know, if this is going to work out. And there has been, I would say, a couple of times where I was like, okay, I'm not sure they're making the right decision here because I don't see that they're a right fit. And yeah, sure enough, I think um, that, that ended Destiny up... Destiny played yeah, its yeah, role. Yeah. So are the mothers the biggest sort of... Like there's Bridezilla and then there's the mother. Um, to be honest, I, I mean, you know, that always comes up. That's a question mm. that always uh, <laughs> I get asked. Like, oh, Bridezilla. And I'm like, you know what? I've never really had a bridezilla. Oh, wow. You're lucky. Uh, I have never really had... I mean, you, you get people that get emotional, get challenged in particular. Those are all fine. But mm. like bridezilla, where people are out of control, um, I think they're... You know, I always say that bridezillas are made and not born. Yeah. Mm. Um, and most of the time when a bride turns into a bridezilla, it's because she's frustrated. Because yeah. the event handler is not exactly. doing their job. If you're not doing your job and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they don't feel heard or they don't feel um, like you're paying attention to mm. them and their needs. And they do want more attention mm. than a normal. It's their special day. It's their special day and you have to understand that. Yeah. So if they get a little bit, you know, emotional or needy or they feel like, you know, they, they want your attention a little bit more than just a client plan or relationship and they want you to just be there as a friend, you have to, you have to give them that. I'm guessing at some point you become almost like a therapist in a way. You do. Because there's you times, <laughs> you know, I think brides, I'm gonna well, say, I'm, grooms I'm, as well, yeah. you know, well, men as well. I was going to say, do you think that to get into this into this area, you need to have a high level of empathy and EQ? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It helps you. Exactly. Mm. You have to. You have to because, again, it's a very emotional time. Mm. Um, you know, it's a roller coaster of, of emotion. You know, you're embarking on a new life. You're, you know, you're, you're trusting your life with a new person. You're, in some instances, still getting to know them yeah. uh, with certain cultures yeah. where, you know, you're not allowed to date for a mm. long time. Very or, true, actually. Uh, so you're going through a lot. And then you have pressures from his family, your family, and you're having to navigate all of that. A lot of times people are juggling work and mm, other yeah. personal issues in their life. So you really have to be, you have to be understanding. And if someone might lose their temper with me or their short, I'm not going to take it personally because life happens. Yeah. Mm. And at the end of the day, I'm part of such an important part of their life that I am bound to have that kind of run-in with them. Mm. You know, it's not like we're having a cup of tea and, uh, you know, in half an hour. No, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. So who uh, who did your wedding? Did you did you have comms on your comms as part of your own wedding outfit? No, I come from the generation where um, in this part of the world the wedding is planned by family members Got and you. a lot of family members. Mm. You know, grandparents, aunts, uncles. How uh, is it managing all of those opinions? Oh, it's, it's the not most easy. senior person. It's like, not that's easy. why I often think when people talk about you know wedding uh, producers or planners, you're, you're basically like a UN peacekeeper. Yes, like you're yes. a politician essentially. Because you know everybody has a different opinion. Yeah. Um, everyone has a different approach to how they want this to to play out, basically. Yeah. And a lot of times, I end up you know for me 
my priority are the couple. Yeah. And my job is to make sure that I bring their dream wedding to life, not the, the mom's dream wedding or, or you know, uh, an aunt or a cousin. So I am always, first and foremost, I'm loyal to my couples. Mm. But of course, I do understand that, like you said, there's politics yeah. involved and I do have to make everybody happy. But I have a way of making people think like it was their idea. Which is the best way. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I'm steering them in the direction yeah. that I know H- will make chess. the couple. Yes, exactly. Human yeah. Slight, you know, mani- manipulation <laughs> into achieving it, what we, you need to achieve. We call it human chess. Yes. You know? And ultimately, that's how, how, how it works. You have to make sure that everyone feels heard yeah. and, and, and valued and valued, yeah. and that you are taking everything mm. that they're saying into consideration and you are producing it in the best way possible. Of course, there is that element of trust when mm. my clients hire me that they trust that I know what I'm doing. Mm. And that's very important because if they can't trust me, I can't do their wedding. Yeah, of course. So, and a lot of times they have to listen to what I have to yeah. say. You might like something, but it's not going to work. And I will do everything and anything you want me to, as long as I know that it works and it's not going to compromise. Yeah, the you got their result. best interest at heart. Don't exactly, you? exactly. So well, let's let's rewind a little bit. Say, oh, no, yeah. go, go no, no, I was, was going to say let's well, rewind. Yeah, yeah. No, because we, <laughs> we're, we've we're obviously we are because obviously we've heard about your story for now. But you were not always in the world of weddings. I was not. No, I uh, I went to business school. Okay. Um, I studied finance. But hold on, just just take a one further setback. When you were a kid, mm. did you ever think about weddings? No, nothing. Because you know how some some. <laughs> I wasn't that. I've, way, I've, I've heard about the, the stories of like girls wanting to wear wedding no, dresses and play weddings. From the beginning, they yeah. plan their wedding the whole lot. They know their song. That I never really? did. I don't. It wasn't me. <laughs> okay, so that's why I so wasn't saying like, was, was it something that was there in no. childhood and then it came out later? It, it's it's fine, but because I never really knew what I wanted to mm. do or what I wanted to be when I grew up, even though I did like the things that I like now. Like I did enjoy you know, decorating and uh, interior design and mm. flowers. and th- But I didn't link them to kind of a but career. But it was there. But yeah. it was there. Mm. And unfortunately, my parents did not. Mm. Uh, Middle Eastern kids. Exactly. With Middle, it, they did yeah. not, you know, like um, understand what my strengths were and, and maybe steer me or direct me in that direction. I come from a typical Middle Eastern family. I'm the eldest mm. of four. I'm the only girl. Okay. And uh, my father basically wanted me to be a banker because that was the glamorous the sensible thing. job. Yeah. It's like, oh, my daughter is a banker. Yeah, way to finance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, that was the 90s when, okay. you know, it was really… I was lawyer, exactly. doctor. Yeah. Engineer. <laughs> Engineer. Yeah. And then sort of the financy, economics, that sort of yeah. thing. It, you had to be one of those. Right. It's prestige. Well, you know, my, I always say I got, my mom got two out of three. She got her lawyer and she got her finance guru. And then she has me. Yeah. <laughs> Who went off with the fairies yeah, and wanted course. to create things. But, you know, exactly. And I think now we have a total shift in, yeah. in the way, you know, like I'm a mother of three. And I'm like, do what makes you happy. Mm, yeah. You know. It's, it's, I don't want you to be a lawyer. I don't, you want to be a lawyer? Mm. Go be a lawyer. And in fact, yeah. my eldest decided to go into law mm. school, but I, I didn't choice. want him to be. It's his choice. So being the good girl that I am, like, yes, I will listen to what my father and mother want me to do and I'll go to business school and I'll… But did you have a, like, a, a desire, not a desire, but were you good at finance? Were you good at… I was. Okay. I was. I mean, I'm the kind of person that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it well. Otherwise, yeah. I won't do it. Yeah. So, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like that. I don't okay. dabble in things. Mm. I either do them and I perfect them or I'm not doing them. So, and I'm very competitive uh, by nature and mm-hmm. I always want to be ahead and, you know, <laughs> be the teacher's pet. So, yeah, I did, I, I, I did well and I was doing well, but it was not me. 
Mm. Um, I started my career and I started working uh, in a bank and I was not happy because something felt missing. Do you remember your first day and your first job in banking? (sighs) Yes, I remember. I started in the current accounts department. Tell her. (laughs) Literally at the front desk. (laughs) Front desk. Wow. Yes. And, you know, back when, back then, you know, everything was more manual and, you know. True story. Exactly. So there was a lot of like that manual kind of work. And then I moved up and then I went into, became a credit officer working in the credit department. Um, And that was, you know, rescheduling loans and restructuring loans and mortgages. And it was such an unhappy department because you're basically... You try to solve problems, I guess. Problems. People are in financial trouble. People yeah. can't meet their loans. You, you literally follow up on people and, you know, they're not paying their installments. And so, and that's not me. I'm a happy person. How I'm did that make you person. feel? I was going to say, how did that make you feel? I was really unhappy. I, I, you know, it was, I wake up in the morning not wanting to go to work, but because I'm such a, um, you know, you don't uh, give up. I don't give up. Mm-hmm. And I'm very uh, task oriented as well. I was like, no, you get up, you go to work, you get this it done. The job. Yeah, suck it up. Yeah. And I, I just did not think to myself that um, you're not happy, leave or quit. I didn't. And I, I was ready to to continue on well, this you weren't path. allowed to. You weren't no, allowed we don't, we to have those feelings. Exactly. We, we were the generation that, mm. you know, you, you can't quit. Quitting, quitting is for losers. Yeah, you know, it's a weakness. Yeah, it's a yeah. weakness. Failure. We yeah. were, we were and those emotions that, are not allowed. Exactly. You're not allowed those emotions. The only, I think the only thing that saved me from that was becoming a mother. Mm. Then I had a reason. But, but one, one step back, did you, ever, did you have a moment sitting at the teller or at your desk or any of that where you just sat there going, I just can't do this? No. Did you ever have a moment? No, because you don't allow yourself that. Yeah. But you don't go there. So you, you didn't even allow it with yourself at least? No. Nothing? No. Okay, that's harsh. Yeah. 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 That's not um, healthy, is it? No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. And then it was only until I became a mother and um, a week before I was due to go back to work, I just looked at my baby and I was like, there's no way I can leave a five-week-old. How many years later was this after starting? Um, like four years. Okay. I was like, it's impossible for me to go back to work leave him home. Mm. Um, it's, I'm going to miss out on so much. Yeah. I don't have the heart. Uh, I was still struggling with postnatal depression as well. I had a very rough delivery. So physically I was not. Okay. We've just had about five <laughs> massive nuggets <laughs> yes. that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to come back to. So just to dissect that. So getting pregnant at that time, you only got a month, right? Six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks was all you got for maternity leave. Right. Which is nothing. Nothing. Especially not. Nothing. Especially as a. F- and that's six weeks in. That's in the lead up and post yeah. combined. All of it. Yeah. So you get to choose when to use that six exactly. weeks. So how how long before giving birth did you sort of finish off? At so work? I had vacation days. Mm-hmm. So I was able to take my annual vacation. Yeah. And I basically uh, stopped working eight months, and I had a. My ninth month, I, I took a, my one month vacation and then it was the six weeks. Wow. So all in all, it would have been seven weeks. And I had to have a, an emergency C-section, Ooh. which oh, meant wow. that, you know, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't physically yeah. in a state, to, in go a state back. to even go back to work. Because you're still healing. Exactly. Point. You're still healing. But also emotionally. Right. And yeah. is that, so one side of it was the dealing with the emotion of, you know, 
Like if, you, if you're doing an emergency C-section, that means the child was in danger at some point. Yes, so, me and the child. Like both oh, wow. of us were. And it was after, you know, 72 hours of labor. Oh, wow. And so so I had both. I had, you know, all, everything that went along with like a natural birth and then an emergency and C-section. Then into, so I, I had to in, kind of endure both. Yeah. Did they give you epidural at this point? Or? Um, I, I did. I did, but it was like, you know, after, because I basically uh, started going into labor, but I wasn't dilating. So maybe it's TMI, but… No, no, we, we but, TMI but, yeah, all yeah. the time. But so there is, you, they can only give you the epidural once you get to a certain, a certain state. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't really getting, getting there. there fast enough. Ooh. And I was being induced and it was, it was, you know… So there's physical pain here. Yeah. Like yeah, substantial exactly. pain. And there is trauma. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I was going to say, what was, of, what was going on for of, you at that point? baby in distress. You're exhausted. You're tired. You know, I hear my mother is, is near a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. um, outside because my mother lost a child at childbirth. So she was panicking that that was going to happen you. to me. And yeah. she knows because she's experienced it. She knows how devastating that is yeah. in her worry for the her fear. own child. Yeah. Having to go through that, and was your husband? He was with, with you? me. He was. Yes, he was. Hard. And then you know, it's like the decision to, uh, okay, what are our options here? Mm. And you know, the doctors are telling you, okay, we can either do, uh, you know, suction. We can either, either you know, like force the baby. Yeah. And it's like being bombarded with all these decisions, and then not a, knowing, not knowing. You're this is the first time. Do we do this? Do we? Is, is it okay? Will it hurt the child? So eventually, it got to the point where it was no longer a choice. Mm. It was getting dangerous. Like my uterus they stopped had contracting. To, they had to take over. The baby was in distress. They. That's it. We're wheeling you in for an emergency C-section. <sighs> and you know, having been through that, coming out of it, I was like, why do we even bother with natural childbirth? <laughs> I was like, again, it's conditioning that you will be a bad mother. If you, if you, if have you a don't do it yeah. naturally, you, you are failed. not going to be, you failed. Yeah, because you've not gone through the natural process. Exactly, because, you know, we were taught that going through that makes you a better mother, makes you love your child, you know, and you have all of that and you deal with that guilt after, oh, I couldn't have a natural birth. Hence, I am not, you know, the mother I need wow. to be because I couldn't have a natural childbirth and I'm not going to bond with my child Wow. In the same way as if, if I would have had that. But, you know, three kids later and… How did how did the um, the nurses… The midwives. Midwives. Yes. How did they treat you? I'm very curious at this because they can be pretty lethal. Those They, they could, but to be honest, I, they were, were amazing. Okay. I had really good midwives. I, okay. I mean, they were so good that I really didn't want to leave the hospital. Okay, it was like, can I stay with them? Can I take them home? They really took Because really I've had care. friends that have yeah, had the worst stories. experiences with wow. midwives. Yeah, yeah, as in yeah. they give you the guilt. Yeah, they do. Sometimes they do. And, you know, you're going through all of that and you're so unwell. And Sorry you know, to all the good midwives yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be clear. Because there are some. There's yeah. many, I'm sure. There are many. Yeah. So, you know, having gone through all of that and then six weeks later, you're expected to be on your desk doing your job. Not just that. Six weeks later, going to a job you hate. Exactly. So Is it really worth it? Exactly. So I was, you know, I was battling a week, you know, and I just… I, I said to my husband, I said, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can go back. And I was lucky enough to be in a position and have the privilege to quit my job. Okay. Not a lot of women can. Yeah. This is very true. Somebody, you know, in a different situation would have had to suck it suck up and it go up back and to work. work. And I'm sure many, many women have to. Okay. The postnatal 
Mm. You say postnatal depression. Are you comfortable talking about that? Because yes, there'd course. be a lot of women that would yes. love to hear mm-hmm. the experience and to share it. Because all these sorts of things, it's like you're not allowed to talk about it. Women go through so many different things. There's and it's just not something talk- which we mentioned guilt, as yes. we mentioned. As a word. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll allude on to that yeah. in a, in a so second after your, can your you, question. Can you talk us through all of this? So, How does it kick in? How do you know you've got it? So, you know, I really wanted the pregnancy. I really wanted to have a baby. It's not that, you know, it happened or it was not. No, I really wanted to have a baby. And, you know, we, I couldn't, con- like, we couldn't conceive um, when we first started trying. Yeah. It took me two to three years to conceive. Wow. So by the time I felt pregnant, I was like, oh my gosh, like, it was such a happy yeah. thing that <clears throat> we finally felt pregnant and it was something I really wanted. However, I think one of the issues that we have, I mean, it's it's changing now, I think, with social media and people mm-hmm. oversharing, and mm-hmm. is no one prepares you for what's to come. You have no idea. All you see is that rosy picture of you with a baby. Remember the Kodak baby? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all think we're going to end up with the Kodak baby that, you know, beautiful. And, you know, when children are first born, they're not like that. They don't yeah. look like that. They scream, they cry, exactly. they need attention, and they don't sleep. No, and no one really, no one tells you that you're going to be sleep deprived. No yeah. one tells you how hard it's going to be physically yeah. to take care of a child. Especially after a C-section. Exactly. And no matter how much support you have, no one can support what you're going through internally. Um. So it's it's always a rosy picture. You know, you're mm. always, always, it's going to be amazing being a mother. Be, and showing you the glamorous side. There's nothing glamorous about having children and what follows after. Mm. It's not glamorous. You know, like having the, the whole process. And I'm, you know, some women might disagree with me and say that being pregnant and having the baby was, was such a magical time. There's nothing magical. Because mm. it's such a... <laughs> about that. Yeah, but it's but, true. But, but it's, that's honest. Yes, you know what yeah. I mean? That's what I like. It's honest. Because yeah, some people have very difficult pregnancies. Exactly. Um, and just going you, back to my sister, I think she had a difficult one, you know, like sickness oh, and illness in the lead up to I mean, it. even if it's not a difficult, even if it's a normal pregnancy. It's still… It's still tough. Yeah. It's still tough. It's what your body has your to Your body go changes. Through, all the changes that yeah. you go through. And again, no matter how much you read or… You can't be prepared for mm. that. So as much as I wanted the pregnancy and as ecstatic as I was with, with having my first baby, going through that difficult delivery was, of course, um, difficult. But then what sets in is the postpartum depression that, again, you have no idea. So what, what is that? What is it? It's a constant feeling of helplessness, mm-hmm. sadness, and inability to see the bright side that's hard. Yeah, especially at a period of time where, as well, you, you mentioned see. previously, the, the, the preconception is that this is such a beautiful experience and the exactly. birds should be singing and it's all amazing. And but also it was think, something you wanted so much. Yeah. Exactly. And then you think to yourself, what's wrong with me? Why, yeah. I, why am I not happy? Why am I sad? How long did it take you to ask yourself that question? It took me a couple of weeks. Okay. Because it's just like the wave of emotion. that, And then, you know, every time you'd look at your baby, you'd think to yourself how am I going to take care of him? Mm. Like, wh- you know, it's like, 
you're so scared. Everything is scaring you. Mm. Why is he crying? You know, is he breathing? You know, I would, I would like check to see if he's breathing when he's mm. sleeping. Every noise. I mean, you know, they tell you sleep like a baby. Babies are the worst sleepers. Like they make <laughs> so much noise. You know, they're like grunting and yeah. like, and they're not peaceful at all. And it's like every time a noise, it's like, is he choking? Is he, is okay? Yeah. Is he, is he okay? Is he breathing? And, and there's that fear of, of, of you not being able to take care of this, you know, helpless little thing that's yours and, you know, his whole existence lies in your hands. So you're and responsible for that now. You're responsible re- for that. Does yeah. resentment come into it at all? I know it's an I've, odd I've, question to ask. I've heard, I've, I've heard some mothers speak of resentment. Okay. I did not, I, I didn't resent okay. the, you know, I did not have those feelings. The feeling I had was guilt. Yeah. That as much as I had wanted this baby, I am not happy. I'm miserable right now. Yeah. And why am I miserable? I should be so happy. And you feel you're almost embarrassed to talk to anyone about those feelings. And I remember I, I, I didn't want my husband to feel how miserable oh, wow. I am. You didn't even share it with him. So you, I mean, you I, I, suffered I mean, in he, silence at the beginning. He's very attuned to, to my emotions and feelings. Mm. And he, he, he knows how to read me. But I try to protect him. Okay. Yeah. And I try to, you know, put on a brave face and not because I don't want to drag him into this mm. because I know that it's a spiral. And, you know, if I dragged him into it, especially because he cares so much about me and my yeah. feelings. Mm. So I would go into the bathroom and just sob inside, but, you know, just finish my crying session and just come out and try to be as normal as I possibly can. It didn't last long with me. It didn't last long. I know it lasts a lot longer with, some, with a lot of women. I know some women get suicidal as well. How, is it quite common? Yeah, it's very a lot common. more common than people realize. Yeah. Really? Because you don't really, I mean, you hear about it, obviously, but it's not really. The thing is, people, I, I think about, a part of it, I, I can't speak, I'm not a mother, but I think a part of it is the fact that people sort of excuse it. It's like, oh, I'm feeling this way because I'm tired. Right. I'm feeling this way because, you know, I don't I'm, understand. You're, you're, or, you know, and that's what people tell you, like, you know, your mother or fine. your grandmother, they'd be like, it's okay, you're sleep, sleep deprived. deprived. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, not sleep deprivation. Mm. It's deeper than yeah. that. It's a lot deeper than that. It's yeah. not about, yes, you're Glossed sleep deprived, over. you're tired, uh, you know, you don't have time to eat, you don't have time to shower, you don't, yes, all of that. But it's much deeper than that. Yeah. It's not just, and also you have to consider the fluctuations in your hormones enough are enough. All over. They're all over. So you got a Molotov <laughs> cocktail of hormones and emotions going yeah. on here. Yeah, and there, again, there's so much that's happening. If you're breastfeeding, that's another added, yeah. you know, uh, toll on you. And it's, I think it's mostly the guilt of yeah. why am I feeling like that? I should be extremely happy right now. I just had a baby. And you feel guilty. You feel like you're rejecting that child yeah. or that you're, you're being ungrateful. Mm. So many women would kill to have a baby yeah. and they can't have a baby. Mm. But here you are with your baby and you're miserable. But you have to remember, it's not your fault. The way you're feeling is not your fault. Mm. And it is temporary. Yeah. Okay, so A, how did you realize that you were suffering postnatal? Were, you know, did you sort of go, okay, this isn't right. I'm going to go see my doctor or you sort of self-diagnose? Then you you don't see doctors back then. Okay. <laughs> so how, how, did you, how did you understand that you know, I, there I, was something I, I read, wrong? I read a lot. And I'm okay. the, like the kind of person that when there's something, like I research mm. a lot. And mm. I, you know, try. And at the time, you know, like boards were a thing. Mm. You know, there were all these boards mm. where people would go and speak about, yep. you know, mm. like yep. similar things. Yep. And, you know, I was part of a lot of boards, especially in my journey to conceive a baby, you mm-hmm. know, just to read about mothers with similar 
kind of experiences. And, you know, you begin to realize that so many women go through this yeah. and it's normal and it's okay. Of course, you know, speaking to my mother who who would, who would told me that this is something normal and it's natural. But did and, you speak you know, to your mom about how you I did, feeling? but very not, not in depth. No. Not to the point where, you know, you would like sit and pour your heart out and, you know. Again, you know, it's it's all an up, like for for example, growing up, my mother is a very strong woman. She's mm. one of the strongest women I know. And to her, crying is like a sign of weakness. Yeah. It sounds like just the Middle Eastern <laughs> culture full stop. We, 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 yeah, I think stronger in the Middle East, but I think it's a culture which you, you still have. Well, when, in other when you're speaking, like, but when you're speaking, then I'm like, I know it. Yeah. You know, yeah you, we, 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 it wasn't allowed. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. I get you just that. did it. You just didn't go it's like there. You have to be strong. Yeah. You just you have, have to be, be strong. strong. You it's have like, to suck it up and you know. Bottle mental it health in. did not exist. No, I think no. it's kind of like a, a generational thing here because sometimes in other parts of the mm. world they've moved on a little bit quicker. I think our culture is gonna. The Middle Eastern culture is still a bit resistant. Still a bit resistant. It, yeah. it will change. It, and it then will it will. It, yeah. it definitely it will because because you also have. You know, the world's become smaller and smaller. You know, there's a lot more uh, cultures coming together, you know. Like for my generation and my brother's generation, we're the first generation in our family that have ended up with partners who aren't Iranian. Yeah. You know, so that, you know, that sort of changes things. So that culture kept going. So now we're introduced to cross-culture, which helps that growth to break those sort of... um, you know, isms that taboos. just weren't yeah. taboos that yeah. weren't good. Yeah. Mental you, health didn't exist. Yeah, true. You mentioned you got through it eventually and your, your experience yeah. was yeah. relatively short. Did you, you got three children with the following pregnancies. Was it a similar experience or completely um, different? No, I would say my, my first was the hardest because you, 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 don't, know. you don't know. Yeah. But did you just snap out of it? So what, what do you mean so, you came so out of it? So basically, I think that the important thing for me was to, you know, I went, like I started working out and exercising yeah. and trying to put my child on a routine and, you know, try to get back to life as well. But how did you emotionally heal? It how just did you, kind set? of just happened. Okay, yeah. so by doing yeah. all those different exactly. things, slowly… To, to try and… Okay. And I think uh, a big chunk of it also was not, you know, that daunting, I think, feeling of having to leave him and go back to work. Yeah. That was… That uh, helped a that lot. That helped okay. a lot, knowing, okay, okay. Uh, I can take my time. And, uh, you know, my husband supported with my decision. It's like, you don't have to go back to work, send in your resignation, stay at home for as long as you want to stay at home. And I think that kind of… Really helped. S- slowly um, started to help me. But I think with my subsequent pregnancies, of course, I did, I did but not as severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't as severe. And I think it was mainly because… I now knew what yeah. to expect when you're when you know what you're expecting and you are ready for it. Yeah. And it's not your first time doing it. Mm. You now have the experience. I think it's also chartering the unknown mm. and that feeling of is this going to be my life? This is me for the, yeah, rest, for the of, rest of my life. Is this how I'm going to look? Yeah. Like you know, look at yourself in the mirror and it's like nothing is in place. <laughs> like, you know, you're not pregnant, but you're not not pregnant. You yeah. still look pregnant, but it's, yeah. it's not a Your pregnancy. body has changed massively. Your body, exactly. And it's like you feel that your body's not going to go back to normal. Your mental health isn't going to go back to Your entire life, you're not going to be able to live your life as you knew it mm. before having the baby. You do definitely have to expect that life changes after children. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it changes… Well, it doesn't mean that, you, that it doesn't mean that you're gone. Exactly. Yeah. No, absolutely not. 
you can still go back to what mm. you were. And, and I think at the, the first pregnancy is not knowing. It's like, mm. so I'm never going to sleep. Mm. I'm never going to have time. I am never going to be able to have any freedom. I'm never going to be able to shake off this feeling. It just those kind of, you know, thoughts that kept. But then after you've gone through so, it, you realize that no. This your is temporary. Next, your second child was how many years later? Three so and what, a half. So three and a half years. Yes. Got back. So And so you bounced back a lot quicker. Like uh, after the, On second, the second one. one. Yes. Really? Yes, because again That's you, good news for the know. ladies yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do. And but I But even think physically. Everything. 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 Wow. I think because you know a lot more and like I said, it's expectation. Yeah. It's like when you're expecting something, you're prepared for it. And you're now resilient. Mm-hmm. Like now, you know, like it's like, well, okay, I'm not sleeping at night. That's that's okay because you, you weren't dreading you did it before it. you survived. You survived it. Yeah. But you weren't dreading it, knowing that it, you might have to go through it again. Do, do you know something? I think if we were wired to dread it, I don't mm. think you'll have, you'll well, have another child. Yeah. You, 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 you know when they tell you you forget? You forget. You really do. You really do. do. Okay. It's very true, isn't it? It's like in, <laughs> in, in life, in many experiences, you have a very bad experience, yeah. but then eventually you do forget you, you or you, do. you move on from Otherwise, it. Otherwise, you can't have another... If, if you're going to remember yeah. how difficult it was... You'd never have children never again. again. And other women would never and have children. not three or four. Mm. Yeah. You, you'll never... But like, they actually got easier. Okay. My third was the easiest. Okay. And also you're a seasoned mom you know like now you know you yeah. know what works and what doesn't and you know you, you can do it off the back of your hand you're so good at it yeah you know it's like practice makes perfect with with your first it's just like it's an experiment and you're both learning all right so beautiful three kids all that stuff but truly for someone who you know always nails at anything that they do there must have been an itch to start working again of course yeah. Yeah. tell us about that <laughs> So I was basically, I stayed home for a couple of years. Mm. And then by by then I started, like you said, itching, itching. to get back. And, uh, you know, my, my husband and I are very close and mm. like we talk everything through and, you know, we, it's like, okay, I, I do want to go back to work. And, mm. and so at the time he had just opened um, a, a new business and uh, he, he basically was like, do you want to come work with me? Um, and a lot of people tell you, oh, that's a bad idea mm-hmm. to work with your could husband. Could go either way. Yeah, could yeah. go either way. But no, it went well. And he's like, you know, you get to, it's your own timings. You work around um, Zane's schedule, our, mm-hmm. our son. And I was like, okay. You know, so I, I went to work with him and, you know, it was our business. And uh, and, and what, what was it? So he was basically uh, working with a luxury furniture uh, okay. company based in Italy. Nice. So he opened the regional yeah. office here in Dubai. And they basically supply really high-end luxury furniture contract and uh, contract commercial and residential. So you still got to be around sort of creativity, exactly. which was nice for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Creativity and be- and beautiful things. Mm. So I did that for a while. And then I fell pregnant with my second. I had my second. And then by the time our uh, that was in, I had my second in 2005. By 2007, I was starting to itch for something that's mine. Mm. Yeah. Because I enjoyed working with him and it was great and it took off and he was doing very well with it. But I just felt like, you know what? I kind of want to do something that fulfills me and makes me happy. And it was actually his idea. He recognized my strengths. Mm. He understood that I would be good at planning events 
I would be good at designing beautiful things because I had a flair for it. I had yeah. a knack for it. And he, he knows me so well that he knows that I had the right qualities and traits to be able to do this for a living. And he basically said, perhaps you should look into starting um, events, become an event planner. Mm. And it had never crossed my mind. And it was, I'd always helped my friends like plan their weddings or I did, uh, I've helped my brother-in-law plan his wedding. I loved throwing dinner parties and um, hosting. So when he said it it to you, how did it land? It was like a, uh uh-huh, okay. (laughs) This isn't something I'd ever thought about. And, And mind you, we weren't talking weddings. No, just events. It was just events. And it just so happened that they were actually launching a furniture showroom for the same company that he was partners with. And he said, you know what? I'll give you your first event. There you go. Do the, do we the need launch. A, we need a showroom launch. Mm-hmm. Do it. Wow. And that was your first gig? Yes. And the rest is history. The rest is history. There's something wow. to be said about supportive partners, hey? Yes. 100%. And I wouldn't be here without him. Oh, that would be a podcast <laughs> in the Shout future. Out. Yeah, 100%. As you started to build that business, because I think when we were talking on our, on our call, did that guilt ever come back in? You know, you experienced guilt previously. Did yeah. it ever come back in as, a, as someone trying to run a business, but also then also raise a family? Absolutely. The fact that you're not always there, mm. that you've at times had to miss important things, you know, with our industry. It's, yeah. There's no fixed timing. 24-7. 24-7. It's weekends. And to, you know, sometimes having to, to miss things at school, for mm. example, or milestones in their yeah. life because you have a responsibility. You have to be working. It's always there in the back of your mind. It's always nagging you. It was a little bit easier for me because I kind of was doing my own thing and I could work around their schedules and try as much as possible to be there mm. for, 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 you know, the, the, everything that they needed to do in their lives. But you, you're always struggling with that. Yeah. As a mother, you'll always be struggling so with how that. Do you, how do you digest that? Now, 15 years later, my kids, as old as they are, it was the best thing that I could have done for myself and for them. Why? Because you become a role model. You set an example. You actually have also done something for yourself. Mm. I know a lot of moms that deal with resentment. I dedicated my whole life to raising my children. And my children have left me and gone off. And then you're left with nothing. And you're left with nothing. You haven't built something that's yours to help you cope. Mm. With this new very important because at some point, yeah, when the, when they say what well, when the children leave right? the nest, yeah, they, you're you're, yeah. you're left with exactly a diminished and, role, I guess, in a way. And, and I'll tell you, when my eldest went off to university, was one of the hardest things that I've had to do, leaving him and heading back home. Yeah, mm. it literally felt like someone was ripping my heart out, and it was a very very difficult time for it me. It must be like grief in a way. It's, exactly. it's like you're losing well, somebody, you know, but you're they, not. They like you're still physically here. It's like it's morning and death. It was interesting because I still remember one, like the night before we were, you know, leaving to come back to Dubai and he's he's in the US and I was sobbing in bed and my husband looked at me and said, he's going to school. He's starting a new life. You're behaving as if you've lost your child. You like, like, it, it, but that's like, how you felt. But that's how I felt at the time. And if it weren't for my business and mm. for how busy I was, you know, when I came back home, I don't think I would have recovered. Mm. I think it would have taken me a long time. I think I would have struggled. But I was able to kind of, you know, get back to work and, you know, and that kind of helped me cope with that. The fact that my, my son has left home. Now, number two is leaving home this summer. How's that feeling? Is it a similar it's, feeling I, or different? It, it, 
you know, it's starting and I think yeah. I think it will be a similar mm. feel. I don't think yeah. it's going to be different. Again, but the expectation, you know what to expect this so time. You, you, the first you got time. the tools. You got, I've got the tools. tools. Yeah. I've got the tools, but it's still, it will be hard. But I think it's like thinking to yourself that, no, you still were able to give your children your your time and your energy and be there for them. But you still also focused on building something that's yours yeah. that you could fall back on and not have that feeling of, I dedicated my whole life and, you know, and, and resent them for it. And, you yeah. know, there are times where mother's like, I dedicated my they whole wish life they to could have done something. And, you know, and it's like, now you're leaving me because I don't want to be that mom. Yeah. It's not fair. It's not fair. You know, it's you a, know? at the end of the day, you made the choice to, God, I might get shot for saying this, <laughs> but you made the choice to be a mother. Right. Right. The decisions you make on what type of mother you want to be is Correct. yours. Yes. Yeah. It's not something you can put on someone true. else. No. You know, it's and I, and when you're I, living your life, yeah. They, and they, when they I have hear, to. when I hear parents or you know parents saying that to their child or guilting them, it's so Because there should be no guilt. But it is, but it is because you feel that you know it's like hold on a minute. So, but you gave me all of these opportunities. You gave me all of these tools. Now it's time for me to go out there and do the best I can with it. Exactly. You know, don't forget the parents. Don't sort of go and never come back. But you know. But the relationship changes. And it's It's bittersweet. It's a bittersweet experience. It's like, this is what you've prepared them Mm. for. This is, you know, you fulfilled your role and your job and you're sending them off into the world. And you should be so proud and happy of the people they've become and allow them to spread their wings and go do off the great things that you've, you know, prepared them for. Mm. But I think a lot of times it's it's also, you know, they didn't ask you to to not focus on a career no. or to yeah. start something. They, they, it was no, your choice. It was it was by choice, so it's not their fault. And that that's what I mean. Like, yeah. it's yeah. It, these are the choices you made for your life. But you know what I think it is? A lot of mothers are scared that their children will resent them. Mm. But... They, they do won't. not. Resent them for working and yes, resent them for not being there. available. You're not available. You weren't there. You were always working. Or you, were, But actually, you know, like my three boys are so proud of what I've done and what I've, they're, they, you know, they, they, their eyes light up when, yeah. you know, they talk about what their mom does or, and, you know, they, they always tell me how proud they are. Mm. And how, I mean, just two days ago, my eldest who was here for summer and um, he said to me, Mom, you know, you work so hard. I want to have your work ethic. I want to mm. work as hard yeah. as you do. But I don't think I can live up to that. I, but again, you're setting an example. I've got, you've you've fulfilled your obligations yeah. as a mother right. and you've provided them yes. a role model yeah. to be successful in the future. And for boys mm. to see their mother, mm. you know, True. work and to see how their father supports their mother. Again, that it's will make them healthy. better partners and better yeah. husbands. Better men. For, well, yeah, exactly. you're giving them the best version of you. Yeah. 100%. Now, I've had, I've had about three signal, signals the saying signal wrap, wrapping up, wrap up, wrap up. And, and this is, the, uh, this, to me, this is a lovely place to wrap it up. That, you know, as a mother, being the best version of yourself is the greatest gift you can give to your children. 100%. Yes. Cool. On that very story. positive note, Zainab, thank you so much for coming, <laughs> thank you in. coming in. Thank you. No, it's really beautiful. Good luck really with inspiring. The second one heading yes, out. yes, that's in a couple of months. <laughs> uh, yeah. our, our t- you know, they're 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 guests with us, and you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's really nice to have them home. It is, and actually, the relationship changes. Yeah, are you looking forward to the eldest one leaving? Uh, no, uh, no, I never okay. look forward to them leaving. <laughs> no, because no, sometimes, just slightly, off, when I go home, my mum's looking forward to me leaving no. again. Sometimes she's like, oh, no. I eat everything from the fridge, I leave everything around. She's like, okay, can but, you, you know, go it's now? Quality time that you start to spend with them. My, you don't my mom's take it like, for granted. I'm only a mother 
whenever I go home, she's like, I'm only a mother two weeks a year. Oh, and I'm like, oh my guilt. God, you're killing me. I go, guilt. I love you. I'm on my way. I'll see, I'll see, I'll see mum tomorrow night. Yeah. You know, I'm flying back to Oz. Yeah. But on that note, thank you so yeah, much for thank coming you so much. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing Pleasure. your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Rooted Within. If you like this episode, please make sure you drop a follow so you never miss an episode in the future. Rooted Within with Lillian Dan.